The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. I am in Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is August the 17th, Wednesday. And me and my co hosts are here to handicap a slightly truncated slate of MLB action for Thursday, August the 18th. Uh, joining me. Uh, first up is the OG, the machine, Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, how are you doing? Good. How's it going, Malcolm? Uh, good to be back on the pod. Um, rough, a little bit of a rough day yesterday. Astros kind of cost me a good night, but um, ready to attack the Thursday games. Excellent. Uh, and finally showing his face um, after disgracefully getting humped by myself for the second time this season in the DGEN's Fantasy League. He's, uh, it's taken him 72 hours uh, to crawl out of his dungeon of disgrace. Uh, Noah, good evening. How are you? I didn't get punked. It was a 6-4 loss, first off. And I was up 8-2 on Friday. So again, my team just kind of gave it away over the weekend to you. Um and you dressed up the score with a late Edmund steal. So it was 5-4 oh for most of Sunday. Um, but no, I've been out for more than 72 hours. I've been probably down and out for like five days now. When I mean, I have extremely bad allergies. I don't know like what goes on, but I'm almost allergic to everything. So um, I don't know, maybe it was Thursday or whatever I woke up i was out of meds and i had to run to the urgent care so i was down and out for a couple of days but you know what we're back and uh ready to give out a couple of plays here yeah you certainly seem allergic to winning in that uh fantasy league no so you ought to be uh, can't be too can't be too careful there. <laughs> here we are live on uh youtube uh dryden uh, has appeared uh, possibly slightly illegally in the YouTube comments, so I can't answer your question. Dryden, David's in there as well. Uh, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us, uh, and feel free to chirp up uh, in the chat box. Uh, okay, we will fire straight out into it then tomorrow. Um, quite a bit. The games are spread out all day, actually. Some good... Uh, times for watching i've got the youtube game on the big telly i've managed to get it on the telly like all the kids do uh so i'm watching the la angels getting smashed um their nightly thumping by the uh seattle mariners which is four nil heading into the top of the uh, bottom of the third um which i think we probably all picked last night george kirby um going for seattle um, and was it Jose Suarez going for the Angels? So, yeah, I've uh, got some live baseball to watch as we're recording, which is rare for me. Uh, tomorrow starts 1.15 Eastern, the Colorado Rockies and the St. Louis Cardinals, which is Antonio Senzatella um, for Colorado. And Adam Wainwright uh, will go for St. Louis. Now, I think there's, a, there's 11 games on tomorrow. There's seven on the board at the moment. Uh, so we'll have to try and keep you abreast of... Uh, odds as we get them so yeah a bit of a weird one I don't know if it's the day games that have called people out or what um, do have lines for this one the Rockies plus 179 uh, 
Wainwright and the Cardinals are minus 195. Total here is set at eight. Um, this one, no, I will let you lead off. Hey, bet and lead off from my return. Um, so, I mean, this uh, this uh, Colorado-St. Louis series, I guess, last week I, I handicapped uh, all, all of the games in Coors correctly. So a little pat on my back there. But, I mean, this week the Rockies traveled to Bush Stadium and the Cardinals, they're just the clear better team away from Coors. Uh, the overs are eight and four in the Rockies' last twelve games, and six and two in the Cardinals' last eight. Going for Colorado is Antonio Sensatella. He's three and six with a four sixty seven ERA, fifty two strikeouts, twenty three walks in ninety point two innings pitched this year. He has a five fifty six road ERA in twenty twenty two. And going for the Cardinals is Adam Wainwright. He's eight and eight. 327 ERA on the year, 116 strikeouts, 39 walks, and 143.1 innings pitched at home. He's very comfortable with a 230 home ERA. Give me the Cardinals in every which way. Money line, run line, team total. I'll take it all depending on where it comes out. Um, yeah, well, I'll chip in there, Noah, on the back of that because I handicapped that exactly the same. This is one of tonight's one of these shows where this is the third night in a row I've done the pod, and you get a series and you end up kind of repeating yourself and um, the the reason the Yankees was one that I've repeatedly um, had to do this week and you, you just get a feeling for the series and although the pitch has changed I'm in the same boat I'm in exactly the same boat as you say no, that it's St. Louis everywhere too. what I wrote down was St. Louis on the run line um, at plus 100 I don't think uh, St. Louis didn't cover the run line last night I actually backed the over last night on that one uh, I think I locked up the over actually the game finished 7-6 so we got there with plenty to spare. But yeah, I think St. Louis, um, I've mentioned my handicap a couple of times this week, is that they were taking advantage of the Brewers having a, a tricky series um, against the LA Dodgers. The Brewers actually picked a win up, which surprised me in that one. Uh, but St. Louis were taking advantage of the, their opportunity to stretch their legs a little bit and put some distance between themselves and the Brewers. And this is another great chance for them tomorrow. So I'll take St. Louis on the run line again, Munaf. Yeah, Adam Wainwright just has great history against the um, Colorado Rockies. Uh, I know this goes all the way back to 2006. I mean, that's when I graduated high school. But um, he, before his last start last year, July uh, 1st, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight wins, nine wins in a row against the Colorado Rockies over the course of his career. And, you know, I know the lineups and everything changed and things like that. But, you know, I guess he just, he's just, you know, do- been dominant against his Colorado Rockies team over his career, 11 and one with a 1.48 ERA against the Colorado Rockies. And you talked about Antonio Sensatella. Um, he hasn't faced the Cardinals this uh, season yet, but over the course of his career, he's two and three with a 5.11 ERA. And I've talked about this a lot that the AL center, the, the, the two central divisions are going to be, you know, teams at the top that we would probably want to back because, you know, they're battling for that, you know, division title. Um, and I think this is a spot where the Cardinals just come out and, and just beat a lesser opponent. So give me the run line here as, as well with the Adam Wainwright on the mound. He's just been so good this season. Well, a little subtle flex from Moon off there that he graduated from high school. Well done. Um, 
<laughs> the, the, the IT department's just walked in here, actually, but uh, she's not needed so far tonight. I haven't had to go uh, <laughs> drag her out of bed like we did last night. So fingers crossed. Uh, we I'm have just no waiting for her to like just smack you live on air so like, people can see it. Yeah, she's, can her, she... is she still there? Can you ask her to do that? No, I will not ask her to do that. She doesn't need any invitation. Uh, so... Shout out to Lane Elliott in the chat. He uh, wants to thank you guys. He's killing it this week, and he hit on that Miami San Diego under seven and a half. That was a yes. sweat. Yeah, that was, that was a sweat last night. No, never in doubt, Moon. Uh, good man, Lane. Keep it up. We hope we we'll, uh, find some winners over the next forty-five minutes or so. Here uh, we move along to a two o five Eastern. First pitch, uh, not particularly inspiring lineup. This one, the Oakland Athletics at the Texas Rangers. Uh, Zach Logue, Logie, Logue. We'll go with Logue. Uh, left-handed pitcher will go for Oakland. And Dane Dunning uh, gets the start for Texas. Uh, we do have lines on this one as well. Uh, Oakland on the road are plus one forty-nine. Texas minus one seventy-three. Total here is at eight and a half. Uh, Moonaf lead us off. Are you a Logie or are you a Logue? <laughs> I will go with Logue. Um, okay. For for Zach Logue, uh, three and six on the year, five points, five point four nine ERA for him. Over his last five games, has been absolutely trash. One and four with an eight point one zero ERA. <laughs> I mean, there's no better way to put it. Twenty one earned runs allowed in 23 and one-thirds innings pitched, guys. And he did face the Texas Rangers earlier this year where he got absolutely smashed by them. Uh, two and a third inning, gave up four earned runs, seven hits, uh, two of which were the the long bomb. Uh, and on, on the road this season, one and three with a 6.14 ERA. He's the uh, A's, I'm sorry, have lost four of his last five games. They're giving up the runs to their opponents. Um, so there's no better way to put it. You know, we talked about Dane Dunning, you know, going back to last season, Malcolm as well, and – this was a guy that's kind of been on our radar, but you know, Dunning has been a guy at least this season, a pitcher who we want to back at home, right? He's two and yeah. one with a three point two three ERA at, at, on their home field versus on the road where he's winless with a five point zero eight ERA, and I believe he did face the A's earlier this season. Um, did, it wasn't a very pretty outing, but it was better than Zach Lowe's. So he went four and a third inning, did allow two earned runs and seven hits. Um, and he's he, he's been in pretty good form at least over the last two starts. The Rangers have won three three straight starts for um, Dane Dunning, or when he has started for the Texas Rangers, and they're giving him the run support as well. So which kind of tells me is I like the Rangers uh, team total in this game. If you get a four and a half, I I, I would smash that a p- potential play of the day for me or lock of the day. But I'm uh, I'm going to be fading Zach Lowe here, and I know he's a left-handed pitcher. Kind of want to take a quickly a quick peek on how he's done or how Texas, I'm sorry, is doing against left-handed pitching. They're number nine over the last two weeks in WRC plus slugging percentage. They are, uh, it does take a dip a little uh, to number 15, but this guy, Zach Lowe for the ace is just not a very good pitcher. Um, and we talked about this last week when he was going up against the Astros, absolutely smashed them too. So um, give me the Texas Rangers in this game. I love the team total in this game, uh, both first five innings uh, team total and full game team total for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Noah, uh, Auckland at Texas. Yeah, I think Munaf did a great job covering every angle pretty much against the athletics here, and that's exactly where I'm going as well. Uh, Dunning, you know, he's uh, Munaf also sent this, but he's just been better at home than on the road this year. Um, he still, I think, qualifies to be a promising 
prospect. He is a younger pitcher, uh, still relatively new to the league, and there's still a lot of promise uh, in this kid's career. So, I mean, you'd like to see him go out there and have a better performance this time around against the Athletics, and I'm willing to, you know, put my faith in just the Rangers. I don't think I'll be betting this one. Yeah, it's a, it was a tricky game to handicap. Texas, I, I find Texas really hard. They're one of the teams that I always struggle a little bit with. But there's certain spots um, that Texas can win in. Um, not necessarily at home, but they they don't do very well against the good sides. Um, they've got an awful record against teams uh, with a bigger than 500 record. So at home against the poorer teams is when Texas can open up a little bit. And they should be able to put, they have got some uh, decent bats in that lineup. They should be able to put five or six up on Logue and the rest of the Oakland pen um, here. And uh, yeah, I like Dane Dunning and I don't think Oakland um, will do an awful lot of scoring here. So I, Texas will do enough to cover this on the run line. Yes. I what? will say I wasn't on the pod uh, earlier this week and we don't have a ton of games. So I think we might have a little bit of time to sidetrack here. I think it's very interesting that they went out, the Rangers did and went out and made some big moves in the off season. They went out and got Semyon and Seager and they didn't really, they weren't really willing to wait it out. You know, they gave uh, just kind of, uh, the front office and people in power a year with like two big names and it didn't really work. And they just got the boot. I, I don't know if they were quick to that or not. I don't know if you guys talked about that on the earlier pods, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little unweary about that. decision. The only thing I, w- I would say about that is, and I, like I say, I don't watch that much Texas. The, the time zone doesn't really fit. So I don't see as much of them as I see of other teams. So if whether it's the bare numbers, that one-run game uh, stat is frightening. It's seven and twenty-four. Um, wow. So with a little bit of luck, kind of. I mean, is that luck or is it just that they they haven't been good enough? They haven't been well managed. I think that's that what the manager was into. Like yeah, possibly. Around. That's what the manager was on the hook for, I think, was not being able to get them over the line. Because maybe that's in a close game, that's when the manager makes his money. But like, it's a pick. President of yeah, operations, too? It's like a little weird. In yeah, my absolutely. And the, the run differential, I think, is minus five. Um, mine, you'd expect them to be a 500 team, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but they're not. They're 12 games uh, below 500. So, yeah, there's something. Uh, being a miss there but yeah it's an awkward one and I don't like I say Texas don't come on my radar enough uh, for me to give um, a a solid answer on that one yeah and I guess Um, I'll just finish it with like you know they have good solid pieces in the important positions on this team like on defense you have you know Seager at short Semyon at second you have Adolis Garcia in center field. Those are three pillars in that team. You have a good young prospect in Sam Huff. I don't know if he's still their top catcher in that farm system. But then they also have Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter. This team is going to be a good, fun team here in like two or three years. Yeah, I think um, I saw Kohei Arihara's name, I think. Yes. Did he? Yeah. He, he hasn't um, been doing too well in the minors this year, but, I mean, he was he was a huge Japanese prospect. Yeah, he really was. And I, I drafted him in a few places last year. I watched him quite closely. Then he kind of fell off a cliff. And I'd forgotten all about him um, until I saw his name in the box score last night. So it'd be interesting yeah. to, see, to see if he can put anything together uh, down the stretch for Texas. Yeah, but there's definitely something there. It's uh, it's whether or not they've got the backing to be able to put it all together. Um, next up is a 2-10 Eastern first pitch between the Houston Astros 
And the Chicago White Sox were Luis Garcia, the lefty doors to start for Houston. And Lucas Giolito goes for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, we do have lines on this one too. Houston are minus 127. Uh, the Chicago White Sox are plus 117. Totalia is set at eight and a half. Garcia is nine and eight on the season. Has a 403 ERA, 99 innings and 123 strikeouts. Uh, Giolito nine and six with a 492 ERA, 113 and one third pitched, 127 strikeouts. Um, Garcia struggling a little bit lately. Just giving up runs constantly. Uh, four, four, three, and four in his last um, four starts. Two of those, Oakland got to him for four runs as well, which is never really a good sign. Um, for the White Sox, though, Giolito is probably going along a little bit worse. 5.76 ERA in his last five starts. He's got a 5.86 home ERA. Um, although we say Houston never score a load of runs, and the White Sox um, have been a little bit hit and miss. The, the over eight and a half appeals on those pitching records. Um, so just with a little bit of above average hitting, um, we should be able to get to this um, over eight and a half, I reckon. So, yeah, I'll take it over for me. Looks like a fair number. Moonaf, uh, your hometown Houston, can they get a win tomorrow? Yeah, I, I agree 100% about the over that you're uh, that you picked here, Malcolm. Uh, you know, Lucas Giolito, he he's been giving it up as well, right? Ever since he did, you know, return from the I believe it was the IL. Uh, he did have a start earlier this year in Houston against the Astros, where he did go five innings, but he got blown up for eight earned runs in that game. Uh, seven hits, two of which were home runs by the Houston Astros. And over his last three games, like you mentioned, despite having a three and one record, his ERA is five point seven six. So. We kind of take a look at his last, um, I mean, his last five games. They've scored 10 or more runs in every single one of those games combined. Um, and he is also getting the run support from the White Sox. And like you mentioned, Luis Garcia, he's also giving it up uh, over his past couple starts. Two, uh, three out of his last four starts, he's given up at least four earned runs to the opposition. And it hasn't been against very good offenses either. Like you mentioned, the A's, I mean, they're not a great offense. The Guardians, I, I think they're kind of middle of the pack. Um, the Red Sox gave him three. He gave up four again to the A's, like you mentioned. So I think this is a game where we do see runs uh, being scored. I agree with what you said about the over eight and a half. Um, depending on what happens tonight in the Astros and the White Sox game, uh, I will wait and see if, if the Astros lose, this, uh, on, lose the game on Wednesday night. I'll be on them on uh, Thursday to avoid the sweep. But I, I agree 100% about your over eight and a half in this game. Uh, Noah, you're going to make this a team right? Yeah, team right on the over. And uh, do you guys share the tweet that I sent in the group like a couple of days ago? Yeah, we mentioned it. We talked about it last night. Yeah, because it was a surprising stat, mate. Yeah, Yeah. that was a nice pickup. Yeah, and I I found another one too. Uh, Jared Carabas on Twitter tweeted it out. Uh, The White Sox, they they were a season-high six and a half games back on July 5th. And since then, they're 23-15, and the best record in the AL Central over that span. And they're a game out of first place. The last time that they were in first place in this division was April 20th. So just, again, I mean, I, I, the last podcast that I was out, or the last podcast that I was on before I was out sick, I pronounced the White Sox dead with uh, Tim Anderson on the on the aisle for four, yeah. four to six weeks. And this team has come back and won every game since. So really, I have no feel <laughs> on this White Sox team at all. But I'm very happy because I have all of those preseason futures on this White Sox team still uh, still there. So uh, team ride on the over and give me the White Sox. 
Uh, D-Rock has joined us in the chat. Dylan, uh, Dylan's asking if I've mentioned the Fantasy League. Well, Dylan, it's it's immature and childish, and I will not be mentioning the fact that I smashed Noah in the Fantasy League for the second he time this season. That 10 minutes ago. I mean, if he's in the chat, should he just be on the pod too? What are we doing? You'd say, yeah, but I, I, what I'm saying to you, Noah, is out of deference. I won't be mentioning it again. The fact that I beat yeah. you for the second time this season very comfortably, I will not be mentioning very that. Hopefully, it's six to four. Are you girls done talking about fantasy baseball? I'm not mentioning it. That's my point, Moonaf. My point is I'm not mentioning it. You're you're the two talking about it and Dylan. I'm not talking about it at all. (laughs) I'm just trying look, leave nowhere alone. It's it's over. It's finished with. I beat him for a second time. Brackets comfortably. And we're going to get on with the rest of the podcast. Okay. Uh, The lines that we will be giving out... um, the place to find them is at WinBet, uh, which is the perfect time, the perfect place uh, for people who are betting baseball to get across and take the bet $100 to get a $100 free bet offer. Um, Reduced juice as well on baseball games, making it the best place to bet MLB. Plus the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day when you get a 100% deposit up to $1,000. And also when they've just released their first quarterback uh, to get the five touchdown pop bets to. Lots to choose from. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. T's and C's at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you, you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Munaf, last uh, year, didn't Tom Brady throw like five touchdowns in the first game? I think so. I mean, that would be, I guess, a nice little bet for me. I guess on that on that prop. Yeah, with the uh, Moon Apple Philly win on all of that on the NFL Gambling Podcast, won't you? Moon He's still on the prop cast too, right? Yep. You got to listen Good to stuff. the prop cats for the player props. Good stuff. Okay, stop interrupting these important. Sponsories. Hey, they love the extra discussion. They do. Oh, do they? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, those win bet, five touchdown prop bets. Uh, Tom Brady, there's your winner. Um, odds Trader. You'd probably get some more stats on that, Mark, over at Odds Trader because it is an invaluable tool uh, for all us DGens. Uh, you can compare odds from major sports books. You can compare the different sign-up codes, promos, bonuses, etc. And then you get all the stuff like the player stats, the key game stats, injury reports, projected game weather, as well as play-by-play updates, uh, live scores, and the bet tracker, uh, which is probably the best tool on there. So if you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire, um, everything you need uh, to stay all over your gambling habits is over there. Uh, Oddstrader is the number one site for all of your game day bets. Next up is 210 Eastern first pitch. Uh, the LA Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers continue this series. Uh, left-handed pitcher Andrew Heaney for the LA Dodgers and Corbin Burns goes for the Brewers. Uh, do we have lines on this one? I think we do. Or oh, we did. We did. I know we that. Do. do you need Can you? Yeah, go for it, man. I can't see him. Oh, I found... No, hang on. That's Eric Clower. Yeah, sorry, we have to go for it. Him. I uh, got uh, Dodgers favorite minus 115 on the money line. Uh, Brewers minus 105 on the money line. Over under set at eight with Juice Torrency under at minus 120. Run line minus one and a half plus 175 for the Brewers and plus one and a half minus 205 for the Dodgers. Uh, Okey doke. And Noah, um, what's your reading of this game? 
I mean, this series, this series has been great. Uh, the first two games, and then we got third game here on Wednesday. But uh, LA won game one, four zero. Brew Crew came back and won game two. That was the first time they were uh, the Dodgers were underdogs in like two hundred and four games. Do you know that? That's a good start as well. You're on fire tonight, Noah. Thank you, thank you. You know, when you're out for a week, you get to accumulate all this nonsense in your head that you can't wait to spew on the pod. But uh, <laughs> uh, game four shouldn't really disappoint either, in my opinion. Andrew Heaney, he's 1-0 and in seven starts this year. He has a 116 ERA, 42 strikeouts, 10 walks, and 31 innings pitched. He's a 243 road ERA. And then for the Brewers, Corbin Burns, he's 8 and 5, 239 ERA, 181 strikeouts, 38 walks, and 143 innings pitched this year at home. He also has a 289 home ERA. So both of these guys have sub three ERAs in this environment. Based on the game scripts that we've also seen so far in the first two games of the series, 4 0 game one, 4 4 game two that needed extras to hit the over. I love the under here, guys. How about you? Uh, do you know what I wrote down here? Um, I wanted to hear you boys handicap this game because it was too hard for me. I couldn't get there. <laughs> I was really struggling with it. So I really wanted to hear. There's a little bit of respect for you two fellas uh, because I wanted to hear what you two had to say. So we've got Noah's handicap. Moonaf, what, what, how can you uh, sway me? I think that one thing that kind of sticks out for Corbin Burns is that he has not been very good against the Dodgers over the course of his career. And we, we've talked about... You know, Burns being a, a guy that that's a strikeout pitcher, but he hasn't been able to strike out the uh, Dodgers in the course of his career. I know this goes all the way back to 2018, but, you know, the, the Dodgers lineup has only gotten better since that point. Right. And and we we look at the numbers for him. He's only one in one, the 10.38 ERA in his career and four appearances against the Dodgers last season. Um, back on October 2nd, he only lasted two innings, gave up. Uh, three earned runs to the Dodgers, and um, you know that was pretty much it for him in that game. Um, we're all kind of waiting for Andrew Haney to kind of come back down to earth because this was a pitcher last season that, when he was either with the Angels or the um, the Yankees, we were we were fading him every single game, and you know for whatever reason, I guess or not whatever reason, but it seems like he's kind of found his form uh, in the off season and and on this Dodgers roster. Um, He's he has a 1.74 ERA over his last five games, uh, on the road 2.38. Um, see if he has faced a Brewers re- in his recently in his career. He hasn't, but I, I feel like this is going to be a game that people see that Corbin Burns is on the mound, the ace, but they maybe haven't really dug into the numbers that he doesn't have success against the uh, LA Dodgers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dodgers here. Uh, I like the money line here for the Dodgers with Andrew Haney, and I know he's a left-handed pitcher. And I'm looking at the WRC plus numbers for the Milwaukee Brewers against left-handed pitching. They're number 21 over the last two weeks. A team batting average of 196, which also ranks number 24, and their slugging percentage is at number 25 against left-handed pitching at 297. So um, I don't think the offense is going to show up for the Brewers at least in this game. Uh, so give me the Dodgers uh, money. Uh, yeah, Dodgers money line here with Andrew Haney on the mound. Okay, well I was I was looking for a uh, for a bit of help of somebody, and uh, the Rockford lines have appeared like he's like some sort of ghost <laughs> handicapper uh, in the chat box. And Dylan's made a line of six point six. Um, so 
I will take that. I will also take what Munaf says about the Milwaukee Bats. Um, I think everyone knows my opinion on that lineup. Although the, the fact that they scored five runs last night actually makes me more confident that they're not going to do it again. Uh, so I'll take the under. Um, Dylan 6.6 is, is um, good enough for me. And that's all at seven and a half. Um, just need Heaney. Uh, he need to go well. I think he can, and Burns can keep the Dodgers bats in check. Uh, so yeah, I'll take the I'll take the under Dylan. Uh, we'll let you have a vicarious play on that one. Next, I mean, up. It, there's an interesting point here too with the left-handed pitching. <clears throat> if you're looking for like strikeout pops on Andrew Heaney, because they are very prone to striking out against left-handed pitching, they have the seventh most strikeouts against lefties. But I mean, if you look at the other teams ahead of them, they have like 10 more games played against left-handed pitching than the Brewers here. And the Brewers are really like neck and neck with them. So it's, it is honestly like I need to find out a way to calculate this one faster. So I could probably put it out there, but uh, yeah, the Brewers are terrible in strikeout rate against left-handed pitching. Yeah. And the interesting stat on the LA Dodgers is that um, Noah has never beaten me in fantasy baseball in a week where the LA Dodgers have played bring a game. It back up again, Moonoff. Like, um, we have, so, we well, have it's just a stat. It's just a stat. It's an, on video it's a, here. It, it's an important that. stat that the people need. It's just Moonoff shaking his head. Look at that. Oh, shut up, Moonoff. Three or five Eastern first pitch. The Chicago Cubs and the Baltimore Orioles, where Adrian Sampson will get the start for the Cubs and. Uh, we've got a TBD pitcher for Baltimore. I reckon it's Spencer Watkins. Um, any advance on Spencer Watkins from either of you two gents? Um, let me see here. Orioles, yeah. Uh, Adrian Sampson versus, yeah, Spencer Watkins. You're right. Okay, yeah. So we're happy with Spencer Watkins. Um, yeah, i got some lines as well, actually. Uh, win bet, believe it's Spencer Watkins as well. So the Cubs are plus 130, Baltimore minus 141. And the total is set at nine. Moonaf, lead us off. Yeah, I'll try with Adrian Sampson here. Um, last five games, or on the season, he's 0-3 with a 3.88 ERA. Last five games, 0-2 with a 4.44 ERA. Uh, on the road, um, 0-1 with a 4.34 ERA. He did actually face a Cubs team. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, the Orioles. Um, this was a uh, – let me see. I know they faced earlier this year. Yeah, this was back on July 12th. Um, he went five and one-thirds innings in that game, gave up three earned runs, two walks, six hits uh, in that game, only had three strikeouts. But, you know, he, he just hasn't been pitching very well. I mean, I read off the numbers there for uh, Adrian Sampson. And on the road, is it's what's kind of really sticking out for me, whereas ERA does go uh, up by about half a run compared to his overall ERA. Uh, on the other side, Spencer Watkins, he's 4-2 and two on the season with a 4.23 ERA. Last five games, 2-1 and one with a 4.38. Um, he's he's not very good uh, at Camden Yards either. 1-1 um, with a 4.81 ERA. So I see why this number or the total is at least at 9 in this game. Um, he does have success actually pitching at night um, for, the, um, for the Orioles. Uh, where he is three and one with a three point seven two ERA, there's nothing that can really differentiate between these two pitchers. At least I think that you know the Baltimore Orioles, at least trying to fight for a playoff spot, they're still being competitive, even when they did trade you know Trey Mancini and and Jorge Lopez. But um, 
I, I like the I like the Orioles in this game. They've been a they've been a wagon at home this season, especially on the run line. Uh, I just don't think that the Cubs are going to be getting up for this game, uh, especially you know they did have a game. I, I believe they are playing on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, on Wednesday afternoon here. But um, give me the Orioles in this game. I, I like them at home here. I, I would I would entertain the run line as well. They've just been that good against the run line at home. Yeah, fair enough. Can't argue with that moon up at all. Um, Noah, the Orioles at all. Yeah, I, I'm going there as well. Um, really, the Cubs just aren't a good enough team for me to fade that trend. And, I mean, since Munaf mentioned that they are playing technically today, uh, Wednesday, it is a little bit of a travel spot for both teams. Uh, it's nothing really, though. Uh, Cubs come from Washington, so they're staying in the DMV area. Um, so yeah. nothing really there. And then... Baltimore is in Toronto uh, right now, so a little bit uh, south, but um, nothing too serious. So uh, I'm just going to take the Orioles at home. Yeah, team ride, second one of the day. Um, Baltimore, the offense has just dried up ever so slightly, which was kind of inevitable. They had that real hot streak, and as fun as it was to see, uh, the names in that lineup weren't going to sustain that forever, but they're still um, going to be more than competitive. Uh, the Cubs have been a little bit better lately. Um, so, yeah, two very middle-of-the-road teams here. Uh, so the home advantage, and I like um, the way a lot of these Baltimore pitchers have been going, uh, but particularly Spencer Watkins. So, yeah, Baltimore on the money line for me. I did uh, quite like the first five under as well, because um, Samson's been going okay. And like I say, neither lineup is really stellar. So this could be a slow burner, uh, which Baltimore get done uh, eventually. So yeah, first five under all Baltimore. Next is a 3.45 Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Francisco Giants. Uh, potentially the pitching matchup of the day here. Yeah? Uh, Zach Gallen goes for Arizona and Logan Webb draws the start for San Francisco. Lines for this one are out. Uh, the D-backs plus 134. Uh, the Giants minus 145. Totally is set at seven and a half. I started handicapping this earlier on and I was just surprised at how good these two uh, pitchers' numbers were. The um, I knew they'd both been going along really well, but like I said, these West Coast teams don't tend to get on my radar as much as the East Coast ones. Um, Gallen is eight and two with a 294 ERA has pitched 125 and a third with 120 strikeouts. Logan Webb is 11-5 and five on the season, has a dead three ERA, 150 innings pitched and 124 strikeouts. And Gallen's been absolutely stellar lately. He's got a 4-0 and record in his last five starts with an ERA of 1.14 in that time. His road ERA is a shade under three. He's got a 2.31 ERA against the San Francisco Giants. Just ticking boxes towards a decent start um, and an under. Uh, Logan Webb, exactly the same. 2.71 home ERA, 2.92 versus Arizona. Everything you looked at in this game, it's a pitcher's park. Um, Arizona don't score many games. This was just an exercise in ticking boxes that pointed towards the under seven and a half for me. I couldn't get away from it. Uh, no, any difference of opinion oh right there with you um logan wood is one of my favorite pitchers in the game i've said that a couple times on this podcast and you're not the only one that's sleeping on gallon uh the books are sleeping on both gallon and merrill kelly for this d-back squad uh strikeout props for me i've 
I locked up uh, Merrill Kelly last night as well, which I, I had a double play in that game too. I had Merrill Kelly over four and a half strikeouts. He had seven. And then I had them winning outright and the Giants hit that walk-off bomb to center field by Brandon Crawford. So that one was a little bit of a knife in the heart and then a little bit of a twist too because it was two outs and <laughs> almost counting my uh, chickens there before it hatched. But still, um, both of them, cash cows. Zach Gallen, he's had at least five strikeouts in, I believe it's eight starts in a row now. So it's like they keep throwing these things at four and a half, five and a half in his last two starts, six strikeouts, eight strikeouts. Gallon is one of my favorite K props to take. And right now, uh, nothing's stopping it unless they raise that number. So he's going very well. Going to be taking the D backs, uh, starting pitchers, K's in this one, and the under with you as well, Malcolm. Every time I look at the telly, the Seattle Mariners have hit another home run. It's just someone else <laughs> trotting around the bases every time I glance up. Uh, Moonaf, what did you get for the D-backs at the Giants? Yeah, nothing much more for me to add. I mean, you guys covered pretty much all the bases here. Um, you know, if Zach Gallant's, again, strikeouts comes out at four and a half, got to be all over that, right? So um, I argue we're at the under at seven and a half. This looks like it's trending towards uh, seven here. So if you are watching live, uh, I would probably lock up that seven and a half right now if it's available at your book. Okie doke. Uh, let's get to a couple of our sponsors here before we crack on. Uh, only 11 games say it. Run your pool. Um the home of competition, which brings sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect and make every game matter more. Run your pool. I love run your pool. We had the golf uh, one and done on there. I was very much done in that. I was terrible. Uh, Moonaf wasn't much better. In fact, he might have been worse. I think Tommy Lathrop won, so that was fun. Um, run your pool offers every game type under the sun. Pick him, survivors, fantasy pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features you don't get anywhere else. Um, we have teamed up with Run Your Pool to host the official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. So if you can hop in now, you can reserve your spot. Um, $500 in prize money plus a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN merch store. Uh, so well worth a little free entry there. Sign up today at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. Sleeper, the fastest growing fantasy platform today. I assume you use it. I was on Sleeper in the car today. I was writing down um, players that I need to draft on Sunday. I have nothing to write them down on, so I've got a, I've got a fuel receipt somewhere. I've got a gas receipt with the running backs and tight ends scrawled all over the back of it. Uh, so I'm going to have to transfer that to somewhere better. Uh, but Sleeper <laughs> is the place uh, where, that I was doing all my homework on there. But they've added the... Overall under game where you can make a few extra quid. Uh, pick your players, pick your props, choose your stake, and you can win two to 20 times the money that you put in. Um, NFL season right around the corner. Sleep it is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Um, if you go to sleeper.com slash SGP, you can join our listener group and they will match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. You'll get a 100 Dollar match on your first deposit. T's and C's apply. Go to sleepers.com slash SGP. Sleepers terms of use for details. Next is 7.05 Eastern first pitch. The Boston Red Sox and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Nathan Eovaldi draws the start for Boston. Uh, Pittsburgh officially TBD. I've got Bryce Wilson going. 
Um, but I'm not sure that's confirmed even a little bit. I've got no lines uh, for this one at all. Uh, Nora, we'll chuck this across to you being in Pittsburgh. A, is it Bryce Wilson? B, have you seen any lines? Uh, and C, if you've got a little handicap for it. I have nothing to confirm when it comes to Pittsburgh pitching right now because uh, today they brought up Romzi Contreras. So they may be going with like a six-man rotation kind of thing. Um, typically, I mean, today was supposed to be Bryce Wilson's day from what I understand. Tomorrow uh, for this game would be JT Brubaker. Now, he kind of is the staff ace. I don't know if they would skip Bryce. Hopefully they do because uh, he's just kind of one of those auto-fade arms in their staff for me. But um, if Brubaker comes in and starts, it's interesting. If Wilson starts, I'm going with Boston here. Boston, they're four and one in the last five. Uh, Pittsburgh's two and eight in the last ten. Um, I mean, like I said, there's no confirmed pitcher for Pittsburgh, but uh, for Boston, Nathan Avaldi, he's going. He's got a five and three record this year. Four fifteen ERA, ninety six strikeouts, eighteen walks in ninety nine point two innings pitched. He pitches way better. Away from Boston, away from Fenway, he has a 267 road ERA. So just by the fact that, I mean, these two Pittsburgh pitchers that we're considering are polar opposites, I don't really feel comfortable going deeper into analysis. So um, as of right now, just the tip of the iceberg is Boston, if Wilson pitches, uh, look into it more if Brubaker's on the mound. Yeah, we handicapped Brubaker last night. Uh, for today's games. And like you say, Rowan Contreras has come up. Uh, so it stands to reason that Brew Baker would go uh, tomorrow instead. But yeah, it remains to be seen. So nothing for me on this one. Uh, Moon off anything? I'm seeing Brew Baker going uh, as well for the Pirates tomorrow. But it's funny that Noah says that he's the ace, where he's, but he's 2-10 and 10 on the season with a 4.45 <laughs> ERA. It's just wild. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't been very good over his last five games, either 0-2. I mean, I, I don't want to give out information about Brew Baker, but even if it's Brew Baker or Wilson, I don't care who it is. I'm going to take the Red Sox here. And, I'm, and then it's not because, you know, I'm a fan of the team. It's exactly what Noah said, is that Nathan Avaldi is just a better pitcher away from Fenway Park. And I think that's been the case for a lot of these Red Sox pitchers this season, that they're just doing really well, you know, out of Fenway Park on the road. 4-0, 2.64 ERA. He had a good start against the Yankees in his uh, last uh, start, which was actually in Fenway Park. But I feel like, you know, maybe he's found some form here. I think that, you know, he's going to be able to carry a, a victory here for the Red Sox. So regardless of who's pitching for the Pirates, I'll be on the Red Sox. Uh, money line and possibly run line as well. Yeah, this was the little run of games um, where we didn't have many odds, uh, this little run towards the end of the card. Um, and this that same thing applies to the next game, which is a 7.05 Eastern first pitch between the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees. Uh, Jose Berrios is confirmed starter for the Toronto Blue Jays, but the Yankees are TBD. Um, I think it's Frankie Montas, but we can throw this across to Munaf, who can confirm or deny. No odds on this one, Munaf. Have you got much else to tell us? Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I'm seeing, the pitching matchup here tomorrow between uh, uh, Jose Berrios and Frankie Montas. Um, Anytime I see Berrios on the road, I, I am going to be fading him. And I know the Yankees offense has not been doing very well over the course of the past couple of weeks here, especially without Stan in the lineup. But if you kind of just take a look at the home road splits, Jose Berrio, 6-1 and one at home with, with the ERA still above 4 at 4.1. 
but on the road so far this year, two and four with a 7.50 ERA. Um, hasn't been very good in the month of August. He's given up 13 earned runs and seven and two thirds innings pitched. Post All Star break, he, like I said, he's, he's been absolutely atrocious with an ERA of 7.52. Within the division, um, he hasn't been very good either, or he's been pretty decent. He's two and one with a 4.08 ERA, but and again, you're going into Yankee Stadium where where it's it's a hitter's ballpark. Uh, this season against the Yankees, Jose Barrios 0-1 with a 6.97 ERA. So the Yankees offense has been able to get to him early and often. Um, Frankie Montas, I'll go ahead and handicap that because I think that is what's going to be the pitching matchup here. Um, he's 4-9 on the season with a 3.59 ERA. Hasn't been very good over the two starts for the um, – or he had a good start against – the Red Sox in his last start for the Yankees, but that first start he had against St. Louis in St. Louis just wasn't very good for him. So I think that this might be a game where the Yankees offense may, you know, find themselves. Um, and I want to take a look at how the, um, sorry, the Blue Jays have done against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks. And they are, let's see, where is Toronto? They're number 23 in WRC plus over the last two weeks. Uh, team batting average against left-handed pitching is also at number 25. So I'm going to go ahead and give the Yankees the advantage in this game. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Yankees, and I like the Yankees run line, uh, sorry, the uh, team total uh, for the first five and the full game as well. Uh, Noah, Blue Jays at Yankees. Yeah, I'm with everything that Munaf said, and here's my angle here too. Uh, this morning really pissed me off because, I mean, ESPN doesn't give a darn, a, a damn about baseball in general. Like, barely talk about it. First take this morning, I don't know if you all saw the fool Stephen A. Smith go <laughs> on camera and call out Aaron Judge, who has 46 home runs this year. He said that he's one, in four, one for 14 his last 14 at-bats. The dude is honestly like willed this team to much more than any one game or one stretch could speak for. And I know we took a little bit of heat for putting the Yankees at four, but that's just because of the talent that's still on that roster. And this little slump is going to be over very soon. And when you get some national clown on ESPN first take to go out there and blast you like that, that's perfect. Just put it on the bulletin board in there. You get Barrios on the mound. That's the perfect, like, little, I mean, shot in the arm for adrenaline with Barrios to go up there and throw you a couple of cupcakes. And, uh, I mean, with this Yankees roster, I, I feel like I got it on team total uh, with Munaf as well. I mean, the dude barely talks baseball, and he claims that he was a Yankees fan born in Bronx. I know what I'm fucking talking about. No, you don't, dude. Sit down. If, if you want to talk about it, talk about it every day. Instead, just go eat up LeBron James signing a two-year extension because it's been on the ESPN bottom line for the last four hours. So uh, that's what I got to say. The Yankees are going to bounce back. It's inevitable now. Okay, so someone put a pound in Noah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who that bloke is, but I know enough that when I see a little a, a tweet with a little video from him that I know it's almost certainly bollocks and that everyone's getting on his back. I've learned that over the few years that I've, uh, that I've started following the... I consume different media, but I know uh, when I see that face uh, not to take it particularly seriously. Um, yeah, I can't come down on a side here because I've been getting the Yankees wrong, so I just need to leave them alone a little bit. Well, this has got the look of a little bit of a wild one about it, uh, so I'd be looking to take it over. Uh, we could do with some Rockford lines on this one. I don't know what... Uh, Moon, I thought total would you put on this? 
I think it'll probably have to be an eight and a half. I would not be surprised if I do see a nine, but um, I mean, especially with these two pitchers. Um, but I, yeah, I would probably go. I think I would open at eight and a half. Yeah, I think um, that that's plenty good enough for me. Yeah, I've got the, the the Blue Jays can hit Montas and the Yankees can hit Berrios. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, so that that's more than enough info uh, for me to take the over if that comes out round about eight and a half or nine. Uh, next up. 7-10 Eastern first pitch, the Kansas City Royals at the Tampa Bay Rays. Another TBD pitcher, unfortunately, with no odds attached. We have Brad Keller going for Kansas City. Uh, Tampa Bay, I've got Shane McClanahan going. Uh, don't know what you boys have got. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, moving up, that's a little nod of approval. So yes. we've got no lines, but I can give you uh, the, the handicap for it. Uh, Keller... A 6-13 has pitched 122 and a third with 83 strikeouts. McClanahan is 11-5, 134 and one third with 164 strikeouts. Um, Keller is way out of form. 8-76 ERA over his last five starts. Uh, 5-40 road ERA on this season. Uh, McClanahan has actually struggled a little bit lately. Um, 5-47 ERA in his last five starts. You've got, I think, McClanahan can bounce back here. McClanahan, those, those strikeout figures caught my eyes. 165 strikeouts and 134 starts, but hasn't struck out very many batters. I think it's something like three, four, and four in his last three starts. It's got to be a bounce back, a home game against a poor side like Kansas City. So I'll be looking at McClanahan's strikeouts. Maybe Noah can tell me a bit more about that. He's the strikeout king here. Uh, but yeah, Casey are terrible on the road, 19 and 36. Uh, Tampa Bay will have a little bit of momentum after a good series they've had in New York. Uh, so I'll take Tampa Bay behind their stud pitcher to win this on the run line when we do see some odds. Uh, Noah, the McClanahan strikeout prop, anything that would interest you? Actually, no. I, I don't really no, like the no. form that he's in. Uh, and personally, I think that uh, they're just going to slow him down. So I'm being cautious with uh, McClanahan. Plus, He's on my fantasy team too, so like I want him to do well, but I'm I've been trying to sell him, and now the deadline has passed, so I'm I'm just nervous that I mean they're gonna just ramp him down a little bit because uh, he's still basically a second year rookie. Um, the big thing here though is that this Royals lineup is feisty. I've I've still been backing them lately. Uh, they've been cashing more than they've lost for me as well, and they've played much better against left-handed pitching. They have a 722 OPS, which is better than half the league. And McClanahan, against bad teams lately, has not excelled. So I'm just going to stay with – I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So uh, I'm going with the Royals here. Yeah, fair enough. That's a reasonable assessment of how McClanahan's been going. I fancy him to fight back, but you think he'll continue in that direction. Moonaf, uh, any strong feelings on this? Yeah, the uh, Royals surprisingly have been doing really well against left-handed pitching. Uh, they're actually number four in WRC plus for the last two weeks in the entire league. Uh, team batting average is also number three in the entire league against left-handed pitching at 296. Slugging is down, but when you're getting on base and, and hitting for average, you're going to be able to score some runs. So I think there may be some value here on the Royals. Uh, I mean, if this comes out as a big number, I, I'm thinking that they are going to be a north of a $2 favorite uh, with McClanahan on the mound, uh, especially at home. Um, there might be some value in that plus one and a half for the uh, Royals in this game. So I I'm going to go with the Royals plus one and a half and put a little bit on that money line as well. 
Excellent. Two games left to handicap here. Uh, the world is on tenterhooks to uh, to try and see if I've remembered to scroll back up to the top to get the Mets <laughs> game in, which I have done. I've done it, everybody. Uh, 7.20 Eastern first pitch is the New York Mets at the Atlanta Braves, where Jacob deGrom uh, will go for the New York Mets. And again, we've got um, different opinions. I think I had I handicapped Kyle Wright earlier on. Uh, we've officially got TVD, but now the, we think it might be Max Fried who was on the seven-day um, concussion IL. Uh-huh. Um, so Fried might be the pitcher on that one. As a result, we've got no lines again, unfortunately, for that one. Um, and only one hand, one pitcher to handicap. And when that pitcher is Jacob de Grum, uh, there's not an awful lot of handicapping to do on it. Um, give you his numbers. He's 2-0 with a 162 ERA in the 16 and two-thirds he's pitched since he came back with 28 strikeouts. It's, that's <laughs> preposterous. Absolutely preposterous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what can you go with this? He faced Atlanta uh, two starts to go. 10 strikeouts in that game. He's got 10, in, wasn't it? Sorry, 12 strikeouts. 12, he's, yeah. got, he's got 10 and 12 in his last two starts. So again, a strikeout prop. Um, when I handicapped Kyle Wright, I had this down as an under. Um, I just got pitch and duel written all over it, as well as the, the Mets field and the slightly weakened lineup at the moment. They've, they have been hit with a couple of injuries. Brett Beatty will arrive today, uh, Wednesday. But yeah, they totted out kind of Marrero was batting eight last night. Uh, the new lad Perez, uh, batting nine and catching. So just a slightly a slightly wicked lineup for the Mets behind a couple of strong pitches led me towards the under. But yeah, we don't really know what's going on here. So Munaf, you you're saying Max Freed, aren't you? But I mean would that would that change your handicap or um is the under something that this points towards for you? No, I think if it's either one of those pitchers, whether it's Max Freed or um Kyle Wright, like we mentioned, I, I think that this is going to be a pitcher's tool, like you mentioned. Um, you know, Jacob deGrom has just been, he's just so good, you know. I mean, he doesn't get the run support like he usually he should be getting from the Mets, especially with this lineup. I know he's only uh, pitched in a few games this season, or at least in three games since he's kind of returned, but when you mentioned, I think that the one way you probably do want to play is just get on the strikeout props for Jacob deGrom. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening live, I would be on the Max Scherzer prop, uh, strikeout prop here tonight at, uh, as well as seven and a half. So uh, I think this is going to be a game where we see strikeouts. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. That number is probably going to come out at seven. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw six and a half, if it even is Max Freed tomorrow. Um, but, um, yeah, I like the under, and I'm going to be on the Jacob DeGrom uh, strikeout props again. Uh, Noah, you were, uh, you were all over the... Uh, the strikeout props when we were talking about so your, your your nod your head was nodding frantically. Yeah, I mean the Braves are one of the worst teams when it comes to strikeout rate in the MLB. They're still bottom three. Uh, they've been better as of late against the Mets and here in this series of not striking out. But I'm again on the Scherzer over uh, tonight, and I'm going to be on Degrom's over tomorrow. I I think. There's no logical reason for the books not to have this thing at like eight and a half or nine and a half. And even if it's still there and it's minus 175, I'm still going to be on it. And it's probably, if it's like a minus 180, I'll just throw it in another parlay with who knows, probably even the Mets money line here. Because if Freed is going coming off of the IL, Mets hit lefties a little bit better. There's no like huge great stat about it they have a 710 ops against lefties which is better better than half of the league but i mean i 
I think that's a good enough play where you probably get like the Mets money line minus 145 with DeGrom on the mound and then DeGrom uh, strikeout prop, uh, same game parlay. That probably a good play there. Okay, last game here. We do have lines on this one. We'll give you a full handicap on a 940 Eastern first pitch between the Washington Nationals and the San Diego Padres. Annabelle Sanchez gets the start for Washington and you Darvish. That's all you got to say. That, that's Sanchez. a handicap. That's Annabelle it. Sanchez. Just, just, yeah, wrap up there. That's it. San Diego <laughs> plus 16 and a half runs. Uh, <laughs> the lines are Washington plus 319. I reckon that's the biggest price we've seen so far this season. Uh, the San Diego Padres are minus 360. Uh, so put a dollar on that. Totally at seven and a half. Now that's an interesting number for me. Um, Noah, Annabelle Sanchez, tell us why he's going to win. Um, well, I guess the argument that you can make for Sanchez is that it's a huge travel spot for the Padres going from Miami to San Diego. But you know what? It's also a huge travel spot for the Nationals going from <laughs> Washington to San Diego. So uh, looking at the pitching matchup, like we said, Annabelle Sanchez, I think it's safe to say we can favor San Diego over Washington a little bit more here. Uh, Sanchez 0-5 this year, 7-20 ERA, 22 strikeouts, 14 walks in 30 innings pitched. Uh, last week they gave up three runs or last week he gave up three runs and in five innings pitched to San Diego. It wasn't a terrible outing, but he does have a six thirty road ERA. So there's no way to dress that up. Um, and for San Diego, you Darvish is going, uh, 10 and six this year, three forty ERA, 141 strikeouts, 27 walks in 140.1 innings pitched. He is a 220 home ERA. So, I mean, I'd be cautious kind of playing a run line here on San Diego just because of this travel spot. But I think my favorite play on this game would be a Nationals team total under. What do you guys think? Uh, Moon off, crack on. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you Darvish has been, you know, we talked about pitchers that are been good at on the road, but you Darvish has been a pitcher that's been good uh, at home this season. He is 10 and 6 with 3.40 ERA, 6 and 1 at home with a 2.17 ERA. So, and, you know, I think that um, Noah's onto something here. I want to see how he's done against the Nationals if he has faced them. Uh, maybe not this year, but maybe last year. Um, actually, yeah, he did face them earlier this year. That was on the road in Washington. It was a rough outing for him. He gave four earned runs in, um, let's see, six innings pitched here. But I think there's a spot where. I think that the Padres kind of found their offense in uh, the game on Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday afternoon, where they, I think they put up five runs in that first inning against Pablo Lopez, again, the Marlins. And now you're facing a more easier pitcher uh, like uh, Annabelle Sanchez. And, you know, when we talk about Annabelle Sanchez, there's one particular player prop that I was on with uh, last week when Annabelle Sanchez faced his Padres team. And it was Manny Machado to get a home run. Now I'm going to go <laughs> right back down to that well. I'm trying to pull up the trying to pull up that number here, but if you guys have anything else uh, to add to this game while I pull that up, uh, go ahead. Yeah, my handicap. This was a a huge over for a start. San Diego could do this by themselves. Seven and a half um, with Annabelle Sanchez on the hill looks. Yeah, well, they could. Um, but I don't think Washington will have to con contribute very many for this to go over. Might be another way of putting it. Washington have scored five runs uh, the last two nights. So if they score two tomorrow, and like I said, they might not even have to, but if they can put two up tomorrow, this goes over seven and a half. Easy. I love this number. Um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over on that one. Uh, moving off, did you find what you were looking for? Yeah, so Manny Machado against Anibal Sanchez in his career. 19 uh, plate appearances. He has nine hits in those uh, uh, 19 uh, at-bats. Five of those nine home, uh, five of those nine hits have gone over the wall for Manny Machado. He's batting 474 against Anibal Sanchez, slugging at uh, 13-16 against Anibal Sanchez. So there's going to be another uh, player prop or home run prop on beyond tomorrow. Too bad it's not on Monday, but it'd probably be short odds because it was last week at plus 255. I'll add to the discussion here and make it a little bit more fun, kind of tie in the Little League World Series as well. Um, Alex Rodriguez, it starts off here, but then we're going to get good here. Alex Rodriguez said that Fernando Tatis's uh, suspension is going to call him, cost him the Hall of Fame. I think it's kind of interesting that, I mean, it was A Rod that said it. <laughs> um, but I mean, there was a quote that was from that like K Rod show, A Rod and K Rod, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday Night Baseball, that just said he wished like young players would learn from his stupidity and stuff like that. But um, today during the Little League World Series, there's a kid. I mean, these kids are 12. He walks up to the plate and they show like the little stats and like their favorite baseball player, favorite food, and like favorite hobby. The dude's favorite baseball player was Barry Ponds. So, I mean, I that. Like, he's 12 years old. Bonds retired 15 years ago. <laughs> I guess my only question is, like, how many kids are we going to see this week? Uh, this thing's 11 days long. How many How many kids are going to say that Tatis is their favorite baseball player? I'm not. Yeah, I, I think it's at the over-under at half. You think so? Under, you I'll think they're com- completely wiped out from them? Yeah, I think I think his dad's done uh, done a good job there. He's obviously well versed. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is though with the kids, because obviously Bob here yeah, he's a, he's a footballer, soccer a soccer player and watcher. But because he plays FIFA all the time on his Xbox with his mates, um, they'll use legendary players. So if yeah. and then if if he comes through, and I've got if there might be an old game on it, might be a game from nineteen ninety two or something. Uh, it could oh, be Zinedine Zidane for, for France. And he'd know <laughs> oh. who everybody is. He'll yeah. say, oh, that's yeah. Thierry Henry, Zinedine Zidane. So Kevin Keegan. Play. So they do know who these older players are. So if he's playing MLB The Show and he's hitting dingers with Barry Bonds, uh, that'll, that'll get him on. Uh, so it's one of those things. I'll expose myself here a little bit. I play MLB The Show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, we don't want to say that. No, I don't. Bonds, no, no. Bonds actually is not in the game. So, oh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I understand your argument there, but uh, they don't put them in the game. So him or A-Rod aren't really uh, like legends. But, I mean, that that whole – that game's pretty cool. But I guess where I was digressing is I, I wrote a Little League World Series article also touching on the Little League Classic that will be on Sunday – Uh, Just like hit the tip of the iceberg of uh, betting predictions and handicaps in that article. But, I mean, tonight, uh, which is Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, Hawaii's playing this team is legit. And if Jaron Lancaster's throwing, oh, my God. This kid, he's like one of the most – he's DeGrom and a 12-year-old. And I'm not lying. Like, I'm I'm just saying, like, these kids are on TV and it's, like, nice and they get all the – great equipment and all that stuff but this kid truly is like a little bit of a standout compared to the rest of them he's a good hitter and good pitcher um he had like um it was like uh he had he struck out 12 of the 13 batters he faced in their regional game so right. the kid's legit <laughs> Not yeah, i need to- the same thing i'm looking at 
Are you what the another Angels home run? <laughs> They're about to break the screen in the right field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They're gonna have to repair that tomorrow. It's been absolutely peppered over the last day. Where baseball's smashing off it every ninety seconds. Um, and yeah, I need to watch a little bit of the little league world series. See if I can find a, a station that carries it. But I've enjoyed you tweeting out some stuff. I think the kid for Curious out today had a stellar out, didn't he? Um, he yeah. did. Diving yeah. catches, strikeouts. I think he had an RBI as well. So. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. You had a great name. I can't remember what it was, but you had a great name. It's uh, Davy J. Um, it was like Davy Jones Locker, but it's not Davy Jones. Davy Jones Locker for Curious. <laughs> uh, so Davey yeah, that J was something. But I mean, there's a team from Europe, and they combine Europe and Africa. They had the lowest odds. So oh yeah, that's Malcolm. Way to represent. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's not a, a fat old man World Series because I could represent uh, Great Britain in that. No problem. I'm, I'm sure there's an adult softball league world series. I'm playing softball, mate. I'm the, the real deal, J, me. Davy J. Riker. Davy J. Riker. There you go. Name to watch. Um, right. Lock and dog. Lock and dog picks to come. Once I've told you about Firstly Trade Coffee, a company that will connect customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made by partnering them with the country's best. Craft roasters, you'll get expert tasted coffee. They keep over 450 different types on hand, live and ready to ship every day. And you'll get a first match guarantee. I'm confident that they'll match you right first time. If you don't like it, they'll take it back and the coffee expert will work with you to get your brand new bag. Uh, you need to start by taking the quiz, uh, which is at drinktrade.com slash SGP. Um, the quiz over there. Um, will help a coffee expert match you uh, with the perfect coffee for you. And you can get a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans all ground, however you brew it at home. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of coffee with more than 750,000 positive reviews. Trade are offering new subscribers a total of $30 off the first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's over 40 cups of coffee for free. Take the quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP. Let trade find you a coffee. Drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. And finally, Dave, uh, the banking app that can help you out with a little bit of a scrape uh, if you need some extra money for the end of the month, whether it's some bills to pay or you've got a gift to buy or you've got to put some gas in the car, that kind of thing. Dave is the banking app that can help you um, by helping you out with $500 instantly with extra cash, so more money. Uh, to fill your tank or catch up on the bills. Uh, download the Dave app from the App Store uh, right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account. Get up to $500 instantly. T's and C's are at dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. It's a member of the FDIC. Okay, decent effort, boys. Uh, 11 games handicapped. Few of them still off the board, but we've got locks and dogs. Uh, Noah, we'll head back to you, and you can uh, you can get us started. Yeah, I have a plethora of unders that I like, and I'm not sure which one's going to be my favorite. Um, but I'll, I'll give out the Arizona San Francisco under seven and a half as my lock. I love both these guys on the mound, both Logan Webb and Zach Allen. So, I mean, just by the way that the series has gone, I love the under here at seven and a half. And then my dog is going to be the white hot White Sox of Chicago. So, um, um, <laughs> I, 
I've kind of not really had a great feel of the White Sox, so you never know. <laughs> this might not be able to, uh, a, a great pick because Giolito has not been going well lately, but neither has Luis Garcia, and I'm going to take the, the better lineup right now in the White Sox over the Astros. We did mention the White Sox last night, though, that I think maybe we had got them not wrong, but the way we talked about them was be, it had been quite disparaging. And actually, they hadn't been putting together a terrible run in that in that time. It was just maybe a lot of the things, or a lot of the social media and stuff was making it look like they were playing a lot worse uh, than they were, sort of the TLR factor and stuff. So, yeah, I don't think yeah. you're alone in uh, underestimating what the White Sox had done. So, yeah, perfectly valid play there. Uh, Moon, what have you got for us? Sorry. With the TLR stuff, the video of yeah, the yeah. telling them to go pinch run Adam Angle, that's yeah. priceless. That's, that's yeah, and then you look at the actual bad. stats, and it hadn't yeah. been that bad. So, uh, Munaf, lock and dog. Um, for my lock, I'm going to go with the Rangers and the A's first five innings uh, over four and a half right now. Um, actually, that number's actually down to four. I don't know why that number's dropping, but hey, even better. So give me the uh, give me the uh, A's and Rangers first five over four as my lock. Huh, for my dog, I uh, was really struggling to find one here, especially with only six games or seven games to pick from. Um, let me see. I was going to do Cardinals run line, but that's already at a minus price already. Um, hmm. I mean, they are they are dropping the lines as we speak, and they're yeah. moving rapidly. So. I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and give out the Dodgers run line uh, minus one and a half plus 145 tomorrow as my dog, but that may change. So just you know, make sure to check the graphic that we do put out. But uh, as for the for the show right now, minus one and a half plus 145 for the Dodgers as my dog. Do you think the books are waiting until after we broadcast this live now to to publish the lines? Is, would that we be a valid I mean, play because they know we we're going to smash them? We are yeah. like top 30 Apple. We might have some weight to our words. Yeah, absolutely. That makes that makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to that Houston White Sox game for my look. I'm going to take the over. Um, I just think we can get to nine here. Um, both pitchers can contribute. Both lineups can contribute. And we can get over eight and a half. So that is going to be my look. My dog... Oh, I've got. I like quite a lot of the unders that you like as well. I'll take a run line. I'm going to go to the game that, uh, game that Moonaf's played as well. I'll take Texas on the run line. Uh, Auckland aren't going to score many runs, unfortunately, and Logue's going to give up at least five or six. So, yeah, I can see Texas getting away with this one, something like 72. So give me Texas on the run line in that one. And that, boys and girls, will conclude this evening's shenanigans. Uh, thank you very much. Noah, what's happening the rest of the night? Uh, the rest of the night, just uh, just enjoying some Little League World Series and uh I'm very intently watching this Hawaii game. I, I think these kids are a bunch of studs. They were there last year. They lost to uh, you know the Michigan team that ended up winning it uh, last year. But uh, a lot of these kids return, and it's kind of like an experience factor. One and two, they just look like mature twelve-year-olds, which is insane to think about. Um, <laughs> but breaking news: Clay Holmes is uh, being put on the IL. So, uh, new Yankees closer. Who's it going to be? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I might uh, dip into the waiver wire, though, and have a look. Who is it going to be? Um, it might be <laughs> Wandy Peralta, Aroldis Chapman, Loisaga. Maybe I Efros. I think probably Loisaga. I would think so. 
Uh, Luizago was a guy that they wanted yeah. last year. So, um, I mean, Efros would be interesting if you acquired Efros. is a good shout, actually. Efros yeah. got saves, I think, this season. Um, for the I don't know if he's picked up a couple of soft ones or not, but yeah. Uh, Moonaf, are you um, are you NFL gambling podcasting the rest of the night? Uh, no, not tonight. Um, I know we're dropping an NBA pod tomorrow. I know the season's around the corner. Talk about some win totals. So uh, ramping NBA back up as well. So um, wow. and then me and Dan are recording an NFL pod for another division preview on Friday. So yeah, more pods and more content coming out on the network. So definitely look out for it. Excellent. Well, I've got a cheese scone. I'm going to eat that and then go to bed. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, everyone uh, who piped up in the chat box as well. Very much appreciated. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Moonaf. Uh, good luck with all your bets. And we will see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>